In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. You had a good week? Yeah. Good. You had a good week? I did. Okay, okay. We don't have any um, writing utensils. Oh, uh, they're not over there. I found this poster thing here. It says, what to do if you wake up at 3 a.m. and there's a cowboy standing in your room? Step one, check to see if you have traveled back to cowboy times. This can easily be done by asking, is this cowboy times? <laughs> Step two, if they say, yes, it is cowboy times, then that explains everything. Back to bed. <laughs> Step three, if it is not cowboy times, ask, cowboy, why are you here? Or, why are you here, cowboy? Step four, if they say, I need your help to find my magical horse, Rex, go with them because this kind of thing doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Step five, if they don't say that, then this is a bad cowboy. Step six, deploy anti-cowboy measures. (laughs) That, that just I was driving one time and I was, uh, I think I like weaved or whatever to like, and Catherine yelled out like almost instantaneous. She's like, um, what, what do they say in Star Trek where they, uh, take evasive maneuvers? Yeah. 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 Something maneuver B or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> shut up. I'm trying to avoid hitting this animal. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to leave a bad Yelp review. on. Yeah. The there's no candy in the dish <laughs> This is ridiculous. Yeah, probably not before we record. <laughs> what a bad Yelp review? Yeah, yeah. Save the Yelp review for after. Um, because we've we, I've eaten candy and had a stellar performance before, so. Uh, Unfortunately, I know it sounds like that's whatever we were claiming a lot. So I've been um, watching through the Wonder Years. Oh, okay, yeah. So for the longest time, you couldn't find it anywhere because you know they can't it can't be on any streaming services because of all the music licensing. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Every episode has, like, some of the most iconic songs from the 60s and 70s in it. Oh, okay. And, you know, obviously, when the, when the show was airing live originally, that was back in the 80s, and they weren't even thinking, because it was like, there was no way to duplicate TV shows, and then you could, might tape it off the mm-hmm. TV, but even then, like, the licensing wasn't that big of a deal, but then, of course, when streaming came along... Then it became a big deal. Like, but you can't just put out a thing with all, all kinds of licensed music in it. But first of all, it's not the whole song. It's only a very close snippet. It doesn't matter. Anytime. So even, I've learned Even from, in the 80s, you could do a VHS and, and record it. I know, but I guess for whatever reason, the... the Stronger the, restrictions. Yeah, the restrictions were not as strong. I mean, I've learned just from listening to the Office Ladies podcast, if they even have characters in the show singing a song, they have to get the license for it. Not, not even playing the actual song, but they want to, like, there's this one time uh, on, on The Office, Michael Scott sings, like, three seconds of a song as his lead-in to what he's getting ready to talk about. He starts reading, uh, singing, um, Two Tickets to Paradise. Mm-hmm. Okay. He sings that, like, for three seconds, and they had to buy the rights to that song so that he could sing it. Ha- have, have, we gotten o- have we gone overboard with this Yes, stuff, I think to we totally degree? have. Or is there any legitimacy to that? There is some legitimacy, like for instance, right now there are there's a group of artists that is suing Midjourney and other art AI tools because these models were trained on their artwork. Now their artwork is basically being reproduced, sometimes with their watermarks in it, and being spread freely across the internet. The uh, the onset of digital, so much digital media mm-hmm. that you can just pass easily over the internet mm-hmm. is like bringing in all this stuff. And I do think they've gone a little bit overboard. 
So that's why it was never on any streaming services because mm-hmm. they just there was just way too much music to try and license, and they just were never going to get it. And the thing is that the, sh- the show needed those particular songs. Like, did you watch The Wonder Years when it was on TV? <gasps> no, you have. I saw to. one episode and realized that the whole show was trash. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what episode you saw? Uh, it was the what one. Was going on? It was the one where. He was talking about how he's in love with the girl with Winnie. the brown. Winnie, yeah. That's like every episode. Yeah. No. Doesn't okay, down okay. At all. Well, then, yeah. So that's how much I've watched. I thought that was like an episode okay, about no, that. Okay, no, you. Okay, when I finish, I'm loaning you guys a DVD set. You're going to slog We don't soon. even have a way to play DVDs. But that said, um, so they made they made the Goldbergs, which is about the 80s, and it's it was something similar. Yeah. So. It's probably not as good. But anyway, so Stay it's. facts. Just- you're just attacking my show, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> What I, I always loved that show. Like as a kid, I loved that mm-hmm. show because it was so honest and meaningful and whatever. But like as an adult, you go back and watch the show again, and it hits. It hits totally different. Really? Yes, it's so good. You see so the like, child-parent dynamics, and and you see, and you know what? Like I am noticing the husband and wife dynamics way more than I did. Like when you watch it as a kid, all the adults seem like caricatures because yeah. it is. It is from. Kevin Arnold's perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all about the kids from the kids' perspective. It's all about his family from the kids' perspective. So everyone is sort of written, you know, a little bit that way. And so, like, when I watched it as a kid, I was like, man, the dad's always grumpy. The mom's just like a butterfly, you know. Going back and watching it now, I'm like, whoa, those performances and the writing was way more nuanced than that. Like, you can see the dad is not always gruff. Most of the time, he actually he really is... Like, he's trying to connect with the kids, but, you know, he was from a different generation, different era, and didn't connect the same way that we expect parents to now. Okay. Oh, and, uh... (laughs) We could go all day. (laughs) (laughs) With that said, let's get ready. (laughs) I was going to say, with that said, we haven't haven't said said anything. (laughs) Let's get ready to go. Okay. And before we do that, we have an updated review. Ooh. So it went down. That's right. (laughs) I've been listening a little further now, yeah, and, and this now thing is taking yeah. a left turn. It jumped the shark big time. <laughs> I was asked to invite somebody <laughs> to, <laughs> to read this review. Oh, no. And I had to go find him where he was conducting a, a weekend retreat <laughs> with some poor, helpless children, helping them to work through some issues. And Dieter has agreed to join us. <laughs> Here at the table. Uh, so, Dieter, why don't you come on in? Okay, I'm here. You all can rest at ease. Uh, we have a review for you to read, and here you go. <laughs> I really don't understand how he's come to be the face of the show. <laughs> Great. Because he was only this is, in this for is like... not from Sarah? No. Oh, man. Okay. An updated review, five stars. And this is from the Pink Pastor, who gave us a review previously, but here we go. Even though Rhett told me not to, I couldn't help myself and decided to update my previously somewhat critical review with a more accurate impression now that I'm over 100 episodes into the podcast. Firstly, in regards to my previous critiques, Rest assured that the audio quality improves dramatically as the show goes on, and that before too long it is absolutely superb. Seriously, though, this podcast is excellent and will have you laughing and cheering often. The DM Rhett is true. Hey, that's you. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, dear, that's me. Well, he's truly a master at telling a fun story while engaging the players in a way that is not often seen in D&D podcasts. Through both the main podcast and the special episodes, he also provides a lot of very helpful story building and world building advice that is incredibly helpful for growing DMs such as myself. The characters themselves are also extremely well made by all of the players, and they quickly develop into fascinating additions, adding both depth and humor to the story and into people that you truly care about and want to see succeed. Boy, he sure thinks a lot of you all. (laughs) Outside of character, they also just seem like incredibly kind, funny, wonderful people. Even though there are some cast changes throughout, Catherine, who joins in episode 79, proves to be a fantastic addition herself and provides a fun new dynamic. It's also fun just to hear Michael and his wife bantering outside of character. In conclusion, this podcast is great, and you should listen to it. Well, I like great things. Hey, I'm kind of great, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to get back to the kids. I'll see you all later. Thanks. Bye. Much later. Thanks, Dieter. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, Pink Pastor, for providing us with an updated review. We liked the one you had before. Yeah. Well, I forget. What did he say that was so critical? Uh, really, the sound quality. Well, it was terrible. And it was. <laughs> we, we have definitely improved. And obviously, moving from eh to absolutely superb is, hey, I think that's a step up. We'll take it. So, yeah. Thank you very much for updating it. You didn't have to, but we appreciate you taking the time to do that. And listeners, if you have not yet rated and reviewed us, we would love for you to do that. It takes just a moment. And it means the world to us, and it also makes us visible to more people around the world. Speaking of which, we have seen some pretty wacky numbers this month. It's been crazy. Mm-hmm. I was showing Meredith last night. We are up more than 20% over our best month wow. previously. And so we're seeing some big growth, a lot of interactions and that kind of stuff. So it's been a lot of fun to see this happen. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice. You can email us at stack.odice at gmail.com. And if you haven't joined us in the Discord server, now's the time to do it. We'd love to chat with you in real time. Are we one of like the only podcasts that like don't cuss and everything else? No, no, there's like more. Oh, okay, uh, okay. There, in fact, there's a whole list of family-friendly podcasts. Oh, okay. There are plenty of other podcasts out there, uh, and we've mentioned a few in previous episodes. With all that said, hello, stackers. Thank you for joining us around the table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I am Rhett, the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Benson Mom. Who is ready to tell a story? I am. Me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm keeping it. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. Can I uh, go, try to climb a, uh, on you and go around to the back and s- see how much space there is? You may. All right. The curve of the shell allows you to stand, then stoop, and then you're on your hands and knees, and then pretty soon you're worming your way forward mm-hmm, on your mm-hmm. on your stomach. You get about halfway under. You don't notice anything that looks like it might be magical. However, 
At about the halfway point, you do see that there is a bit of rock that has been wedged underneath, which is basically forcing one side of him to be elevated from the ground. Okay. I think I can break this up. There's a fissure right here. Hold on. You use the butt end and uh-huh. you just give it a good ram against the fissure. There's a sharp cracking sound of stone. And then a couple seconds later, there's the satisfying sound of the stone just completely falling to pieces okay. right next to you. There is a bang. You see Aldebracalus's eyes go even bigger <laughs> as he goes disappearing backwards. <laughs> You see Aldebracalus basically skid backwards. There are sparks shooting up as his claws are digging at the stone, but he ends up sinking backwards into the water where the chamber is wider. I will not forget this. Aldebracalus repays his debts. But should you happen to find the berries of straw, please bring them to me. And with that, he settles backwards into the water, the spiked nose dips below the water, and then there's silence in the chamber. Okay, if you recall from the end of the last episode, and I think you listened on the way here, right? Yes, but it's not the last episode though, right? But the last episode that was released. Yes, which was on Monday. A lot happened in a very short amount of time. Womberbash, you collapse into a tiny size, and then back into your normal size, generating an explosive force. As you do, something strange happens to you. You suddenly feel incredibly sick. A wave of nausea creeps up from your gut as a feverish chill descends on you. You almost hear the howl of a snow-laden mountain wind, and a quavering voice that only you can detect speaks to you. Now that you've turned against us, you will pay. You raised your hand against the Reaver's servant. You have gone against his wishes. The voice fades off, and I need you to roll 5d10. What? What if I don't want to? <laughs> then I can roll right here. No, 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 What if you don't, what if I don't have 5d10? You do. Okay. <laughs> Actually, no, he doesn't. Yes, he I has do. six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, don't. Is this damage? <laughs> I hope what is not. This? It might be psychic damage. Of course. Why is it you always get awesome rolls? And that's what when happened the last time yourself? you rolled for this. <laughs> no. Yeah, the last time you rolled for this was when you actually is fought. Is that nine? Holy cow. I thought yeah. it was two sixes. That's 20, right? Uh, let me see. 19, 22, 26. Nice. You take 26 points of damage as you go against the curse that the witch put oh, upon you. Oh, man, that's right. You've got a curse on you. She put a spell on you. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> also. Oh, what? What? Something else happens. What? To me? Yes. <sighs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I don't like this game anymore. <laughs> Let me get there. Okay. You freeze into a stone statue. <laughs> Starting at level six, you can draw on your psionic focus to escape death's grasp. As a reaction, when you take damage, you can half that damage against you. Your psychic focus immediately ends, if active, and you, can, you can't use it again until you have a short or long rest. I think that's damage from an incoming attack. It just says, just take, take, taking damage. Okay. So, so I'm going to use my 
surge of health <laughs> and take half of, what did you say, 26? 26. 26. And take half of 26 points of damage. Don't work, because you get ready to damage you more right Exactly, now, so. I got to. I mean, what? I have no choice. <laughs> so I'm going to take 13 points of damage, actually. For the time being. Now he's just going to make now it he's like... Now he's going to give you 13 more yeah. points of damage. <laughs> This needs to be a video podcast because there was a lot of head bobbing and facial expressions <laughs> just now. Womberbash turns into a potted plant. Where he was standing, it's like you shrink down, you <laughs> pop back up, and for a moment you see Womberbash return to his normal self. And then his feet, starting with his feet, turn into wicker basket. And then leaves sprout out of his face where his beard would be. And then suddenly you just shrink down into a potted plant. Meanwhile, feed me Seymour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to say that because this is all happening at the moment of Aldebrocolis's Yeah, he's exit, still scooting away. We'll, we'll get to that I will say that Tira doesn't notice it immediately. Her eyes are on yeah, Aldebrocolis okay, perfect. and Thump. Can I speak or am I an inanimate object type plant? Yeah, hold on one second. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> That's not what plants sound like. I know. Sorry. Yeah, we'll get to what they sound like in a second. <laughs> <laughs> respiration your little <laughs> spiracles are <laughs> gasping aldebracalus hisses in surprise his immense lungs taking in the air and sucking you all forward one step with the force of him inhaling even as he slides away from you his widening eyes fill your vision as he goes scraping backwards in a shower of sparks his iron hard talons gouging the stone floor go ahead and roll a perception check all three of us and the highest will win Twenty-one. She, she won. Okay, twenty-one. Tira, you think you notice something come tumbling from the gap between his foreleg and his carapace, but it flops into the water at his feet, and it's hard to tell for certain in all the steam. So between his front leg, somewhere between his shell oh, and his leg, like wedged up in his shoulder or yeah. whatever, something comes falling down. Yeah, lands in the water. Maybe it's hard to tell through all the steam. The giant shell sinks into the frothing, boiling water as the horned snout dips below the surface. The tunnel shakes and a piercing sound assaults your ear, the sound of your ears ringing from the explosion. You realize you're all still reeling from the force of Wamberbash's power. After a long moment, the ringing does slowly fade to allow the sounds of the stilling water to creep back into your senses as the waves lap against the wall and back towards the middle and back out again. Somewhere below, deep in the silty gloom of the water-choked tunnel, and I shudder to think about this, the vaguely defined but still imposing bulk of the dragon turtle churns its way through the water. The weariness of the stone prison falls away as he revels in the feeling of his powerful legs flexing and pulling at the water. And an underwater howl that would damage our hearing stuns nearby fish as he stretches forward exultantly. The beak of the ravenous mouth snaps at this bounty, and then he is free. At last, he streams out of the distant end of the underwater tunnel, bursting forth with horrendous speed. If we happened to be standing on the shore of this jungle-ringed lake. Oh, man. <laughs> we would barely have any warning. Perhaps a couple placid, rippling rings on the face of the brown waters before the giant shell rises like a mountain from below, 
sending roaring white cascades tumbling down. Thankfully, we are not because the dragon turtle stretches out his neck once more and releases another terrifying roar that sends clouds of birds rising from the surrounding trees. Aldebracalus, yellow-green eyes, roll with the pleasure of feeling direct light and smelling fresh air once more. The nostrils flare briefly. Hmm. The air is tinged with the unmistakable odor of coming rain. Black clouds are sweeping in from the west, but what is a paltry rain shower to the terror of the jungle? If we could say that a turtle could shrug, Aldebracalus does so, and the mountainous creature streams northward, drawn by some unseen power as the first fat drops begin to fall from overhead. He hauls his ponderous bulk onto the shore, pauses for one moment to crane his neck backward, glancing at the low, dark profile of the now-distant island. Then he crashes forward, parting the trees and crushing all in his way. The trail thus formed will remain for a long, long time. Okay. I'm just thinking, what have we done? <laughs> this guy was safely <laughs> away. Just yeah, we just let him go. Yeah. We just unleashed oh, a giant. Just wait. That's why I was like, what do we do? But let's get back to Tira, Bash, and Thump. <laughs> Okay, oh, Tira. Grief. Since you rolled highest on the perception, yeah. let's let you go and then thump. As Aldebracalus disappears, and of course she's privy to none of what you just described, mm-hmm, Sure. the steam clears out, and having thought that she saw something tumble, she's going to rush forward to the place where I guess she saw the splash. Did you all see that? I think there might be something here. Thump runs alongside you. He was actually further back in the cavern near the water mm-hmm. uh, where Aldebracalus went sliding backwards. Right. And he dropped out from under. Right. Yes. So he, he runs over and he's also looking into the water with you, trying to make sense of everything. Okay. Do I still have my footing? Because I know that the floor yeah. started to go away here, but not, yeah. not that much yet. It's, it's gritty. Okay. Um, how deep am I in it? Uh, you don't have to get in the water, but if you oh, want to okay, splash okay. under the water, you Maybe, can. So I went to the, to the place where it, wherever it was, fell. It's not in the water, really. Yeah, it's a slope down. Yeah, okay. You are perched at the edge of the water. If you want to go ahead and wade in, you can. Tira arrives there at the edge of the water and looks down at her feet. Is anything immediately visible or does she need to No, start? because the water is very silty, but it is starting to settle out already. Okay. She maybe gets down to her knees and is... Trying to, not frantically, because I'll just churn stuff up, but maybe taking her fingers and running them over. Can I feel the stone beneath the water? Yeah, oh yeah. Thump, seeing what you're doing, looks a little puzzled, but he wades in there with you, and he goes up to about his waist, and he's splashing around, feeling down around his feet. She calls over to Thump. I'm sure I saw something drop from Aldebracalus's shell before he disappeared. It it should be right around here somewhere. Help me find it. There's a uh, perfumey smell in the air. Um, Hang on, that's a question, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what. I couldn't see it that well, but something. Right here. Somewhere around here. Let's do a, an investigation check, okay. both of us. Just out of the way, because last time I die, bumped into it. Investigation. Uh, 14 for Thump. I don't have a higher score than Thump. There is a smell like a struck match. Hang on. I think we have that one. Petrichor smoke. 
hot dust, damp stone, hot honey, metallic bomb, fire, icicle, methane, green forest, roasting meat. I don't have lit match. He suddenly plunges beneath the water, disappearing completely. And he comes back up. His arms are below the water, but he's obviously pulling something heavy. Oh, okay. Uh, seeing that, she will dash forward. Do you see something? What did you find? There's a hot honey smell. Hang on. And he pulls a little bit more. Uh, he's now at, at your level where you can help. Yeah, Tira rushes forward. You drag a heavy oil skin out onto the stone, pulling it out of the water. It's been folded over several times, protecting whatever's wrapped up inside of it. It's about three feet long. Yeah, and it's been folded up real big. Yeah, That's a big no. Okay. So presumably, Aldebracalus perhaps kept some of his hoard tucked away under his shell. Oh. Well, all right. They drag it back up the stone, clear away from the, the edge of the water. Mm-hmm. Tira starts to throw the folds open. We found something. Bash, come here. Look at this. Look at this. You can speak. She's not looking. She's just like unfolding. Kara. 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 I did, and this is going to be amazing. Go ahead. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Bash? And she tries. And dudes like this. <laughs> okay, hold that pose. Oh, no, 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 no. She's like, no, I'm no. not doing it. Yeah, no, you got, we've got to get this. All right, show us plant bash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, go ahead, Bash. What? 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 What is it, Bash? And she turns her face to look at him. What, Bash? Yeah, you have little yellow flowers sticking off of your leafy self. I mean, does he still have a face? Sure. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a part of the plant, though. Uh, Bash! And she runs forward over to the potted plant. It's not gonna be hard to make this serious now. <laughs> This is great. What happened? What? What happened? <laughs> Speak up, Kara. <laughs> I love that the only thing you can say is Kara. I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's the. (laughs) (laughs) It gets me. (laughs) You need to stop. We can't act. What are you making noise? (laughs) I'm right here, Bash. Thump, get over here. Bash is in trouble. We have to get our lines out quick, otherwise we're going to be... I mean, I, honestly, I can't do Bash a thing. Bash was a plant. <laughs> uh, Thump comes tumbling over, and he looks very concerned. He's trying not to laugh. <laughs> You're trying to laugh. What, what do we do? When did this happen to you? Curse. Curse. 
What? Aldebracalus cursed you? You <laughs> see, now you gotta keep it up. <laughs> you did this to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Go away! <laughs> heard voices whose voice curse 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 who cursed you um not aldebracalus why would he do that when we were freeing him heard voices from the reaver yes <gasps> tira casts about Looking all over the room, but, you know, and seeing no one, and he said that he was hearing voices, but how how can we reverse it? I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't have any magical ability. Thump, can you do anything? Thump is kneeling down next to Bash. He's looking at your leaves. He's trying to see if there's anything that he might be able to do. There's really nothing that he can do. Uh, let me take a quick look at his sheet here. Uh, no, there's nothing that I'm seeing that... Okay. As it seems apparent that Thump isn't, doesn't immediately have a, an idea and Tira's beginning to panic somewhat, a sudden memory of the twisted dwarf mm-hmm. back, uh, where was that? That was in Sky Home. The memory of the twisted dwarf back at the Sky Home that she was able to touch and calm somewhat and, and make more coherent, pretty much without thinking. Tira gets down on her on her two knees, puts one hand on the stone floor, and one hand, I guess, on the rim of the basket that 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 is no, because she won't want to touch like actual. Yeah. You maybe is there is it like a, is it like a stalk or it's a stalk that has broad leaves broad coming off leaves. of it. They're felty leaves. All right, one hand on the stone floor, one hand on a on a leaf, and is going to uh, call on her stone singing. Great. And I don't know if that's going to do anything at all, but... Bash turns into a stone. <laughs> now <laughs> With I have, a face. The plant be, looks healthier. <laughs> now, I have literally... All I, have, I have stone singing and then, like, half of a parenthesis because there's no page number... Well, oh, okay, I, I wrote something up. here. Stone singing I made up. In contact with unfinished stone in the earth. Must be touching it. It's an action. Mm-hmm. I can heal 1d8 plus my constitution modifier... Three times per long rest. I'll relive my mother's death each time and take one level of exhaustion. Yep. So with one hand flat on the stone floor and head slightly bowed with her eyes shut tight and trying to grasp a leaf almost as if holding a hand and takes a deep breath in and holds it. And then you just see her face screw up real tight. And it's like she's choking back a shout. She's trying not to cry out. And I guess I just roll with you. And you start to sing. Oh, I start to sing. Okay. Uh, I you, didn't are, know that was... you are actually singing. That's why it's called Stone Singing. Hit <laughs> us with the song. I need a hero. <laughs> I need a... He's got to be strong. And he's fresh from the fight. <laughs> I'm not going to sing a song because I don't. We'll have to see if we can come up with it. Yeah. I guess so. I didn't know that. I didn't remember actually singing it. Her face screws up real tight, and it looks as though she's holding back a shout, but then almost unbidden her lips part, and a song totally unfamiliar 
it, it's almost as though she's the song is just coming to her from somewhere it's not a song that she knows the tune is similar to her mother's lullaby but the words are very different okay but she's not even really hearing her own voice. What she is hearing in her head is the destruction of the delve and her mother crying out from behind the wall of stone. But while all that's going on, we'll see. I mean, I guess I roll my D8 to find out if anything happens. <gasps> Max. Max, eight plus constitution. So 12. Okay. Points of healing. I don't know what that does though. Bash straightens up in his pot. And he looks healthier. At the same time... Puts out a new bloom. <laughs> at the same time, there is a rumble in the cavern. To your senses, it feels like there's a lightning of the light in this area, a purplish glow coming from behind you. At that moment, there is a ripping sound. And the stem of the plant begins to peel apart and Bash, you begin to emerge from this thin stalk as yourself once more. It's a disturbing thing to see, yeah. a human emerging from a plant. Why don't you describe what that might look like? So um, after the after the stone singing, mm -hmm. I, like you said, I, I straighten up and um, the leaves sort of raise up a little bit, like mm -hmm. if they're mm -hmm. like reaching out for, for light. Yes. And the next thing you know, my face within the flower bloom, so to speak, starts to turn wet red and swell almost as if someone's choking like a neck or whatever and, uh -huh. starts to run. and all of a sudden uh the flowers sort of break and crack and sort of split and all of a sudden a neck starts to emerge and then um the leaves droop down mm -hmm. and the leaf in between the veins sort of drop off and flesh and the veins now become fingers nice and the stalks grow out into arms and the whole time i think i'm in pain yeah Sounds good. And so I'm grunting. And then just uh, growing. And then the wicker basket breaks. And you see two prominent roots sort of grow into like what's... They're growing in size to start to become my legs. And the roots at the very end of those split into toes. And it forms into, into feet. Yeah. And uh, it, I just drop to the ground and continue to just like grow into back into my human form uh, on the ground there. It's something to behold. Yeah. Tira, you're going to take one level of exhaustion. Yeah, let's see. Which means that you will be at disadvantage on... Level one, disadvantage on ability checks. Okay, any ability. Great. <laughs> you can restore levels of exhaustion with a long rest. Right, right. You, you Until only, such a time yeah, as Yeah, you happens. move back up one level of exhaustion after each long rest. Okay. Now, for the rest of the day, Wombard Bash, every time you speak, you're going to have to throw in the... <laughs> really? <laughs> it's a lingering effect. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, it's going to make hard going. No, it won't. It won't. Once Tira has exhausted that power... And of course, Wombabash starts to turn back into his self. So what she was holding on to kind of disappears. She falls forward onto all four. So she already was on her knees. Now uh -huh. she just falls forward onto her hands and is heaving. Mm -hmm. Almost like she might be sick, but 
trying to steady herself and and just feels drained mm-hmm. and a different kind of drained than just after a battle or after physically exerting herself it's it's a new sensation for her and she just feels less capable looks to her left and sees human bash there lying on the floor it worked it worked and she's going to crawl over there and touch his foot you're okay we're okay. You feel a clammy hand on your foot. Thank you, Tara. Ah. <laughs> Anytime. Whew. Are you able to get up? We found something. Yep. Okay, stop. <laughs> okay, the effect fades quickly. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll never get through we'll this. We'll never get through this episode. Okay. There is a glint of metal coming from the... Place where you had started started to unwrap it, and you do see some metal glinting from inside. Quick, I I think something's about to happen. I I felt the whole cavern rumble. It shakes again. Look, look, let's let's get this quickly and get out of here. Goes goes back over to the the bundle and continues to unwrap it. And? Thump and Tira pull back the oil skin. It's got like a, a tie around it, and so they undo that and flap it open. There is a pile of coin. And there are several items. Items! As for the coins, we won't bother to count them. Mm -hmm. However, it amounts to 2,500 gold pieces. (laughs) So you have a pile of coins of different origin, Mm -hmm. different shape, size, everything. But the value of it (laughs) is 2,500 gold pieces. And I need each of you to roll percentile dice for what objects... Oh, boy. Something else that Tira doesn't need or can't use. <laughs> 77. 32. Okay. Hey, 77. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 32. <laughs> that's my birth year. Me too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 32. 1932. <laughs> Thump holds up a robe that is covered with stars. It's Mickey Mouse's. He looks, <laughs> so a, little, a, he looks a little quizzically at it. And I know what that is. That's an invisibility It's really, though. really rare. <laughs> it's got little small, little, little small. small. <laughs> it's got small white or silver stars on it. He shrugs and balls it up and... <laughs> 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 what is Christmas it? story. Yeah, yeah. What is it? I mean, we can see it too. So. You can. Uh, he sets it down to the side and holds back the oil skin. A 32... There is a rod and 77. Yes. There's a seed. <laughs> it's, a, it's a type of bean, really. All right, that's it. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> it's something stupid, isn't it? It's a book. <laughs> Tira's favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? The book. <laughs> I'm going to go for it. On the cover, there is a picture of a person. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> is this the Tales of Dieter? <laughs> yes. Autographed copy. <laughs> first, first edition. <laughs> Gold stamped. And the bookmark is a lock of hair. <laughs> it has a picture of a person flexing like, you know, like the, the bodybuilder pose, arms behind the back, you know, yep. popping the delts and everything. As the title, it says, The Book of Muscles. 
<laughs> Great, it's a bodybuilding guide. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Some light reading when they're around a campfire. <laughs> is that what it is? That's I, I'm fla- I'm flavoring it. But, oh, okay. But that's basically what you see. May, may I ask what material the rod is made of? Sure. You get all the cool stuff. Hyena bags and tungsten miniature forts. <laughs> have a poison ring you don't need because you're a, you're immune to poison. And here, have a book about muggles. <laughs> Did Which you, say, you already have. Did you say muggles? Yes. <laughs> it's Harry Potter. <laughs> I'll let you describe what it's made of, but the appearance is that it has a flanged head. So if you imagine a mace that has like little wings sticking out of the top of it, uh, it's got that. And that is all you can tell about it. Now tell me what its composition is. So, I mean, it sounds like it is a, a mace, right? Uh or like it. it, it if it is, it would be very, very ornamental. The, the flanges would not be enough to okay. strike something with. Can it be made of more than one yeah. material? Okay. All right. So let's say the flanged part is um, made of um, ebony. Okay. Uh, so it's very, very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, also very hard. And so it, it takes to carving very, very well. So I'm going to say that it's very ornate on, on top. And then that seems to be fused or joined to a walnut rod portion that okay. has not been it's natural but may, maybe a slight oil has been put onto it to bring out the natural grain of the of the wood very so nice a gentleman's walking stick <laughs> okay yeah if you want to treat it as a walking stick that would be perfectly <laughs> that'd fun. be so funny it's a it's a rod of movability and you're walking with it like a cane <laughs> <laughs> tira looks down at the book flips a few pages maybe sees some uh, sketch diagrams in, in amongst the text, mm-hmm. but doesn't really have time to look at it or think about it or anything. She just throws it into her pack. Yeah. There are some lurid headlines, provocative section headings like up your game and improve your bod. But at the same time, those section headings are fixed and fine, but the text seems to swirl a little bit as you look at it. Interesting. Mm. And the pictures maybe even move a little bit. Interesting. All right. She just stows in her pack. Um, pick up pick up the cloak, Thump. Let's get out of here. We need to help Bash and get back to the open chamber. What, what was that? We need to get back up the tunnel to the chamber. Yeah. There's another rumble, and this time bits of rock fall from the ceiling. We need to get out of here. So you scoop everything, and you head back up. The shattered remains of the wicker basket and pile mm-hmm. of dirt remain there on the floor. As a memorial. <laughs> Rip plant bash. <laughs> you make your way up. It's a short distance, but certainly it seems less long than it did on your way down in the uncertainty of the steam. And back into the main chamber, and there is a definite purple glow emanating from the water. But how deep would does it seem, or can we not tell? It is deeply uncertain how deep this is. But is it more prominent than when we walked through? Oh, yeah. I think it's on the way up. As you ascend the wide tunnel and return to the main pool chamber, a couple notable things catch your attention. First, the fall of water into this room has intensified. Through the oculus in the cavern ceiling, it's possible to tell that roiling black clouds have swept in and now heavy rain is shattering the calm of the turquoise pool below. Unlike the previous passing shower that forced you to take shelter in the jungle ruins, what, an hour or so ago? Mm-hmm. This feels like serious rain. 
you do hear a rumble of thunder somewhere in the distance above you. Also, maybe it's the gathering clouds, but the purple light from the water below has also strengthened and now it seems to pulse. There is a tremor that shakes the chamber and the surface of the water, and now there is no doubt. The violet light becomes more pronounced. It seems to burn like a fire far below your feet. Bash, you feel the familiar warmth of your spoon through your clothing. The purple light grows and grows, and now you can see some of the faceted surface of the pillar coming up through the water. Hurry, let's jump on top. There's a single glassy rectangle atop it, and the pillar is rising slowly, but even now it's beginning to draw away from you. Yeah, my first thought was, do we do we actually have to be on top yes. of the pillar at some point? Yeah, we need to ride this thing up. I don't think we why? should try to climb it. No, no, no. I mean, like, do we? Why do we even have to actually be on it? The times before we got on it because there was an enemy there that we had to fight and get rid of. Right, but I mean, we also were present for the breaking out of the bards and stuff. So. This, yeah, this is also to... going to crash through the ceiling where your only rope is tied. Yeah, like we gotta we gotta ride this thing out. Oh, okay. I think before your description, I was going to say, let's jump in the water uh-huh. and yeah. kind of wade over to it yeah, to kind of yeah. like just be on it when it starts to rise yeah, up. Yeah, It's basically just about to break the surface of the water. Oh, so okay. all you have well, to do is step onto it. All right, let's yeah. go. One, two, three, jump. As the pillar rises, of course, the water that's on top of it is beginning to run off the sides. And you step on. I can see you moving toward the middle. And thankfully, the 10-foot hole in the ceiling is enough to not damage the coffin yeah, that's yeah. here also. Uh, you rise, you're gathered around it, and you poke through the top. The ground underneath, or the ground of this shallow bowl of the island, begins to lift and break apart. Uh, but the, the pillar itself wedges a little bit in there and comes to a stop. There's a grinding sound, but it's wedged for the moment. What do we do now? Can you break the edges with your axe? I guess I can try. Tira begins... Dr. Roll take an, Yeah, go ahead and take a, a roll, attack rolls. Yeah, and that's not with a disadvantage because it's a... And you're not in a rage either unless you... No, I no, just, no, I I'm can not. slap you real quick. No, 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 it's not. I'm just making sure that that's not affected by the it's level of exhaust. It said ability checks? Yeah, Okay. ability checks. Yeah, that's not an ability check. Okay. That's an attack. 18 plus. Nice. You hear the ring of her axe against the stone... It shudders in your hands. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm being a stone sink. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty unpleasant, and I don't know that your axe is gonna hold up very well against it. All right, after that one hit, when you get that vibration in the handle, maybe she stops, and instead goes over and looks for a seam that she can just put the axe blade in and use like a lever. Okay. You find a likely spot and you begin to pry with your axe handle, and even that feels. Eh, you can feel the give of the wood. I can't move it. It's, it's, it's going to break my axe. Why don't you two just come over here and help me? Let's try and lift it. I mean, I've got a 20 strength and Hold Tom on. Scott really... Step, uh, take a step back. So uh, Bash is going to use uh, maybe lightning to try to blow up the rock, basically, with okay. the uh, energy beam. Uh, you have to succeed on a... It's going to hit. Okay, okay. All right. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm like, it's a stone thing. It's not going to jump out <laughs> of the way. And your aim's not that bad. (laughs) 18. The lightning that comes from your mouth is very much like the lightning that is lancing out of the clouds above. There is a blasted charred mark on the rock surface, but 
it still doesn't you blast some chunks yeah, of yeah, rock yeah, away yeah. And, and maybe a little bit comes free but not enough to affect anything Tira is over at the edge working at the stone bash you're lightning yeah when from behind you you hear a grating sound so we turn around what well hello friends hello there, sitting on the edge of the glass coffin where he has slid the lid away, is a man. Who is that? <laughs> it's the bard, stupid. <laughs> a very gaudily dressed man hmm. sits up, eases himself up. He uses his arms on either side, lifts himself up and sits on the edge with his feet still inside the glass sarcophagus. He picks up a hat from inside and he puts it on. It's like the little Robin Hood style cap with, with a big old feather sticking out of it. He adjusts it jauntily and he says, hello, friends. Are, are you are you a bard? At your service. And he stands up and he bows low. He's wearing pied clothing. So it's just little fragments. It looks like fragments of clothing that have been all stitched together. And it's different colors, different, even different patterns. Here's a paisley section. Here's a polka dot section. Here's a solid section. And his tunic, it's well made. It looks like it's perfectly tailored for him, but it's just a, an explosion of color and pattern. He steps daintily out, and as he does so, there's a jingle. His shoes have the little curled toes with bells <laughs> on them. He says, I am Arioso, at your service. Y- you, you're going to have, I think, friends coming soon. I do believe they are here. Why don't we make this comfortable for them? And he waves his hand. The rain has been pelting down. You're already soaked. A bubble of wind stirs around you. It's gentle and warm. But as it spirals outward from where Arioso is, it forms something of a shell. And the rain, you can actually see it hitting and then rolling down the sides of this dome that he's created out of the wind. Yeah. That's better, isn't it? Come in, friends, come in. All is ready. And there you hear the flapping of distant wings as Antiphon, carrying Threnody, comes through the bubble and lands lightly. Next to him is Dolore, and she is wearing her black robes and the, the veil. She settles down, her arms are close to her side, and she settles down uh, gently. And then right behind her, is Tessitura on her little carpet of flowers as she comes gliding in. The three gloomier bards, Antiphon, Threnody, and Dolore, stand to themselves, and Tessitura sweeps right over to Arioso and sweeps him up in a hug. Oh, my dear boy, I am so glad to see you. It's been so dull with these others. (laughs) I can imagine it would be. It is a pleasure to see you. What do we do with these things? Three. Bash reaches into his bag and um, wraps his hand in some of his cloth and pulls out his, his spoon. And so it's there in his hand, mm-hmm. warm, mm-hmm. mean, yep. hot. Oh, I think I know what to do. He reaches down, pulls a little, to call it a wand would be generous, but Too it's <laughs> like a conductor's baton. Okay. Taps the surface of the pillar and a little flake of stone comes away. He picks it up, holds it up to the sky as though he's looking through it, and then he flicks it. It goes into the air, and then about halfway in your direction, Wombabash, stops 
and then zips and clicks into place on your spoon in one of the empty sockets. Oh, nice. There's like a little bit of inertia to it. Like yeah. as soon as it hits it, my arm goes back a exactly, little bit. Exactly, exactly. Portals begin to shimmer into the air around you. And at that, Arioso says, well, I guess you're off to the next big thing. We'll see you again. He bows and then steps onto Tessitura's carpet of flowers. And all five of them disappear from the bubble. The bubble begins to collapse as soon as he's gone. We need to... Okay, can you just... How many, how many portals are there? Three. Three. And can you explain them again real quick? Absolutely. In the first, brilliant blue water, not too different from the color of the pillar's pool, sparkles under a warm, bright mid-afternoon sun. A half mile or so distant, gray cliffs tower above the sea. At their feet are beaches of fine sand that gleam white in the light of the towering sun. The rising stone of the cliffs seems to be alive with darting seabirds whose raucous calls almost reach your ears every now and then. One spots something in the surf below and plunges with a white splash to seek out food in the sapphire waves. A pine-crowded trail winds through foothills to a pass in some forbidding, tall mountains. Lush forests spread to the left and right, seemingly untouched by the woodsman's axe. You can almost feel the clean, crisp, midday air of spring pouring through the portal, and this is accentuated by a startlingly blue sky overhead. A settlement must be somewhere nearby because curls of smoke rise into the air a few miles distant. And then finally, tumbled stone stretches out in all directions in a land of wild beauty. Reddish-yellow moss grows on the exposed stone. An inaudible breeze picks at scrubby brush, causing the pinnate leaves to flutter, revealing their silver undersides. You want to go to the stone? <sighs> okay. <laughs> So Bash turns to Tyr and says, I think we should go there, but we gotta go. We gotta hurry. Lightning crashes down very nearby with an immediate roll of thunder. As Bash looks at, at as looking at them, he kind of turns in the direction toward the portal and starts running and with his eyes sort of says, let's go. Ooh, it might even be that, that, uh, that flash of lightning landing so close to us. Maybe that island portal is the closest one and we literally just jump into the first one we see. Yeah, let's do that. You leap. All three of you, without even really thinking about it. You just jump in. That lightning startled you so much. In you went. We're going to pull back. Not far, a couple miles. A distance away, somewhere between the lake island and the hazy rumble of the waterfall city of Kasika Ingasa. The Quetzalcoatl shriek at the scent of coming rain and spiral upward. The dark-hulled airship hovers, and a Simmeries claps both hands on his unusual headgear as he sees them putting space between them. His curious mind wants to see these lovely creatures, to drink them in, and he's sad to see them go. But then Monty calls out, Sir, there, look! Several miles to the west, a beam of purple light arcs upward into the lowering clouds. Asimri's runs forward, sliding to the rail as the first heavy raindrops begin to splatter on the deck. His face loses its disappointment and his eyes go wide. Yes, yes, let's go see! Monty, of course, looks less than amused and looks away for a moment, perhaps to hide an eye roll. As you wish, sir. I'll give the order. The airship quickly gathers speed, its sleek hull cutting silently through the air to close the distance. 
Five dark forms twinkle as they rise upward from the pillar, and then zip eastward, flying right past the airship. They lock eyes with the Simris, who stands mouth agape and definitely holding the boot steady. <laughs> and then the moment is gone with the departing bards. But the ship continues its course, slicing westward. Look, look, Monty, our friends! The Simris runs to the helm, nudges the helmsman aside, and grabs the wheel. The ship has drawn into sight of the top of the pillar wedged into its earthen restraints, just in time to see you plunge heedlessly into the portal. We must follow! He jerks a lever and bells jangle below decks as Simmeries causes the prow of the ship to dip sharply and wind begins to whip in the now very strong downpour. The portals begin to shimmer, but not before the ship slips through. Mm. Nice. With a snap, the portal slides shut and the starstone pillar slides upward once more, rising with gathering speed into the sky. And that's where we're going to end this episode. You have ascended the fifth pillar. Yes. All right. Experience points. For ascending the pillar, 10 experience points. Yeah. 50 points. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it up to you for the Norse battle. Okay. Michael needs some serious points <laughs> for his plant impersonation. <laughs> I'm going to give you three for that. that. That was just too much fun. And I'm sad that we couldn't, I couldn't behave myself enough to let you keep up with it. <laughs> well, I was going to be cumbersome to talk like that for the rest of the entire game. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Um, I think the fast thinking, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here as this plant, right? And I'm like, how in the world do yeah. I break this spell? <laughs> now, the idea that she came up with was awesome, I thought, uh, mm -hmm. to use her healing ability that she's rarely used. I yeah, guess you did use it This is my one first time. time using it on purpose. Yeah. Because I, I, mean, I was at a loss. I'm like, how long am I going to be a plan? I, di I didn't know how to, how to break it. Yeah. And I guess I got in play benefit from that, but I, I still like that. that yes. Idea. Yeah. Why don't you take two for the good idea? Thanks. Um... Most of this was talking, though. Yeah. Like, it, there was not a lot of action. Yeah. And that's fine. All right, so let's get a recap. Oh, yeah. Um, bum, 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 bum. Tira is 86 points into level 13. Womberbash is 92 points into ah! level 13. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Thump is 24 points into level 15. Great. Well, that's it, stackers. Uh, an escape from another pillar. And more going on in the world. Uh, a dragon turtle on the loose bards uh, adding to their number and all sorts of interesting things we hope you have enjoyed this episode i thought it was fun to see how it played out wasn't sure where it was all going to go but i think it was fun to play through we'd love to hear what you think again please find us on discord and jump into our forums and let us know what you think we'd love to hear from you in all the ways we talked about at the beginning of this episode and we'll see you here again next time right here at stack o dice Hello, stackers. Thank you for joining us around the table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I am Rhett, the DM, and with me is... Meredith, as to your... Oops. <laughs> what are you oopsing? <laughs> I started to say her name really, really awkwardly. Well, what, what, would, that, what would that have sounded like? Tira. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just tell I was going the wrong way. <laughs> Tira. She's like... Ter Terry.
Yeah, I know. I went off the cliff. <laughs> Driving off the road, yeah. Meredith as Tira Ironstone. What? <laughs> I don't know. You just started off with like Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith as Tara Ironstog. That's okay. staying in. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> <laughs>